On today's insights, email marketing, what works in candidate recruitment? Should you start sharing the names of the clients you're working with? And we check in with Matt. Are people applying to jobs yet? Today's episode is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you have too many job openings going unfilled? Is the solution to just spend more on job ads? Absolutely not. But to succeed in a market like we're facing right now, you need to take a different approach to job advertising. Forget post and pray, forget annual contracts. If you want to fill more of your open jobs, you need a centralized, data-driven, automated solution to managing your job spend. A solution that gives you more control and more flexibility. That's where we come in. With Haley Marketing's Job Advertising Management Services, we use programmatic software to automate your spending. So you save time, reduce wasted spend, and get more people applying to your jobs without having to spend more on advertising. For a free review of your job spend, contact us at 888-696-2900 or visit recruitmentmarketers.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Hilly Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. We are uh, getting to summer. We are hot into summer. Matt, let me ask you this. Have you been to the zoo to see the baby cubs? No, I have not, not yet. been to the zoo. New lion cubs, two of them? Yeah. So if you're a friend of the program, you know, Matt has a younger daughter. He's mentioned her a couple of times. I didn't know if maybe we've made a trip to the zoo yet. I assume that's on the horizon. It's it's in the bag of tricks when... Okay. You know, your kid gets tired of doing the same thing every weekend. Like, hey, let's go to the zoo. Sure, sure. Well, Matt, enough zoo talk. Let's get to the show. Let's go. At this time, we'd like to welcome on Mackenzie Froze, Haley Marketing's Director of Content Marketing. Mackenzie, how you doing? I'm great, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Mackenzie, you work with countless clients on their recruitment marketing on really the email side of the house. So we felt you'd be perfect for this segment. I know you were just on LinkedIn Live with Matt talking about this topic. Want to just continue that conversation. So Matt McKenzie, I'm really going to let the two of you carry most of this, but when we think about email marketing, what works in candidate recruitment and McKenzie, get us started. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people sort of forget about the candidate side of email marketing. I know it's easy to touch base with clients, um, kind of check in there, but a lot of people are having trouble getting candidates to apply to jobs. And one way to really make that easier for yourself is to send the jobs directly to them. So start sending out hot jobs mailings, divide your list by industry, by geographic location, send relevant jobs and put in the email, you know, what's really in it for that person? Why would they want to apply? What's the salary? What's the location? What benefits make it worth their time? The more you can include to help it become easy for them to apply and really put those like one click buttons right in the email, the more you're going to see a response, the more you're going to get engaged candidates, the more you're going to get people applying to your jobs. This is right up your alley, Brad. It's the perfect way to reactivate your database. You've been talking about this for a while, but if people aren't applying for jobs, 
let's at least send content to people who are interested in our company. We've been talking about database management for a couple episodes now. It came off of a, a client call that I had had where one of our clients had said, Brad, every time we have a new job, we have a whole new draft class that comes in. We go out, we apply, we, we put up a, a job listing, people apply, we get a hundred new applications. We never go back to our database. And it blew my mind. I'm thinking you've already spent hundreds, thousands of dollars vetting these candidates. You have this active database. Why aren't you using it? Mackenzie, when you think through candidate recruitment and going back to that database, segmenting lists, how far back should you go in terms of reactivating candidates? I mean, I go back as far as your candidate list begins. There's really no way to tell who's, you know, a passive candidate right now, who could be, you know, having a bad day and be ready to jump ship and go somewhere else. So if you're sending an email that says, you know, just a reminder, we're here for you. If you need anything, click this link to see all of our open positions. Even if it's somebody you haven't spoken to in two years, that might be the perfect time for them to click that button and find a new opportunity. So I really don't think there's a time limit on going back. And that's right in line with consumer behavior too. Think about all the times you get an email from Express or Nike or Under Armour, and all of a sudden now you're buying a pair of shoes that you didn't know you needed because they got you at the right time. They found you with the right ad, and now you're buying that product. Mackenzie, spot on. Think about the candidates that you might be sending these emails to. You don't know when they're going to have a bad day. Maybe you catch them at the right time. Maybe you catch them on a Sunday night when they're upset that they have to go to work on Monday. Maybe you catch them on a, a Thursday when they've had a terrible meeting and now they're looking for that new opportunity. You don't know who's looking. You don't know when they're looking. So getting in front of people at the right time at different times is a perfect way to re-engage that database. Mackenzie, aside from showing top jobs and, and actively trying to get people to apply, what about just seasonal mailers like a, a happy Easter or a Memorial Day email? Are those still valuable or are those kind of just clutter and extra noise? Yeah, I, I actually cover this topic a lot with my clients because some people really have an aversion to sending out those emails just because there's no perceived benefit to them, right? They're not getting in staffing like a coupon. They're not getting some sort of big blowout Memorial Day sale. However, a lot of people really just like getting those emails. A lot of people like the touching base. Some people like getting a great Super Bowl recipe. So even if you don't make a placement out of that, um, you can still get a great response and you can still build that relationship with your database. So even though you might not get somebody replying to a Memorial Day email and saying, yes, I want a new job right now. Thank you so much. You're still in their e inbox. You're still in front of them and you're still building a relationship where when they need you, they'll know you and you'll be the first person they come to as opposed to them Googling and coming up on a list of your 50 competitors. And it's thinking through when people are going to be looking at their inbox. People know holidays are coming up. They know other brands are sending out those big deals. They're going to check their inbox a little more frequently. So it's getting right in line with all those other promotions. Matt, anything else that you're seeing on the recruitment side of the house when we think email marketing and what you might be seeing from a recruitment marketing standpoint? I think the one stat that just jumps out to me the most, it's from a an annual benchmark report that Symphony Talent does. Outside staffing recruiting, but it's in talent acquisition. 7% of the best recruitment marketing co companies in the country are sending out emails with content that are not jobs. Seven are sending out like blogs or okay. other like 93% of companies sending out to their jobs list or sending out to their candidate list. It's 
just jobs, nothing to build that relationship, which we've talked about a lot, like never lose a customer again. Right. That's what Brad has told me every about three Fantastic days. Fantastic book. Thank you. <laughs> but it's not developing a relationship. If I just keep pounding away with jobs every week, every two weeks, there's no relationship building. So like Mackenzie said, the Super Bowl recipe or the happy birthday email. Yeah, it's trite and it's boring, but it, it keeps you top of mind. So when they're ready and it came to the day, they're just ready to look for a job. You're at the top of their mind. Can you imagine the conversation on Super Bowl Sunday when someone says, Hey, where'd you get this recipe from? And you say Brad's staffing firm, like the conversation that that's going to open over some great wing dip would be (laughs) insane. Uh, Mackenzie thinking through content, because you do oversee a lot of our content over here at, at Haley marketing as well. So we've talked about showcasing jobs in those top jobs. We've talked about showcasing holidays and just having fun mailers. What about those content mailers as well? Should those be lined also with jobs in them? Should we just send resources? What's the balance there? Yeah, I really think you can use email to cover a lot of different topics. Um, You can re-engage with past candidates. You can let people know whose jobs are about to come to an end, that you're there, that you can help them find a new placement. You can look for referrals, you know, tell people this is our great bonus. If you send someone our way, even if you're currently not on assignment, this is what you'll be getting. Um, even emails for things like following up after an interview. Um, I have some clients who send one email every single week to everyone they've interviewed that week. And it helps detract from that biggest complaint that we see from candidates, which is after I interviewed, no one ever followed up with me. No one ever told me whether I got the job or not. I just never heard from anyone again. This is making sure that you are touching base. You are letting them know, you know, if you don't hear from us, here's a link back to our job board. Go look for something else. We're here for you. We'll help you. Um, Again, really stressing that relationship building with candidates. This is candidate experience 101. You know, it's taking the whole let's just have a hundred applications. We'll pick one person. We'll keep repeating the process and, and thinking through how can we have a human relationship one-to-one with our candidate database, with the individuals. Mackenzie, another question for you. I just got this from a client the other day. What's the best time and day to send an email? (laughs) Um, so unfortunately there is no perfect time or day. Um, I do say to stay away from things like Monday morning when everyone's coming in and clearing out their inbox, they're less likely to read something. Um, again, with Friday afternoon, people just want to get to the weekend. They don't want to read your emails, even if they are important, nobody wants to read your email on a Friday afternoon. Um, but the best thing you can do to figure out the best time to mail for you is to test. So send one month, Tuesday morning, send another one Saturday afternoon, see what the open and click response you get is and sort of base your decision off of that. I know that I have certain guidelines that I go by, but um, I was even telling Matt earlier this morning, I had a client once send an email at 5 p.m. and he doubled his normal open rate. So not a time that I would ever suggest sending an email and it worked for him. So it really goes to show you, you don't know until you test. Yeah. And and I wasn't joking. Someone just asked me that the other day. And I said, you know, if I tell you the answer and I tell all our clients that answer, now that becomes the worst time to send an email. So it's just thinking through the perfect time, A-B testing. I love that idea. Um, Mackenzie, I got got another question for you. Now that we're talking email marketing, I feel like more questions keep coming in. (laughs) Any tips or best practices for captivating people with a good subject line? You know, candidates are getting hundreds of emails from not only maybe other staffing firms, but also friends, family members, they're getting inundated with uh, emails from Best Buy and FedEx and all these other companies, right? 
what can we do in a subject line to captivate attention? I think the two best things you can do with the subject line are one, really focus on personalization. So use the person's name or make the email really specific to what matters to them. So don't send light industrial jobs to a list of clerical people. Um, It's just not going to interest them. They're not going to open it. It's not going to be relevant. The second thing that I would really say to do with your subject line is to figure out how it can either pose or answer a question. So the reason people usually read email, if it's not very specific to what they're working on, is because it either asks or answers a question that's relevant to them. So try and think what your candidates are dealing with, what are they going through, what questions might they have about the job search process or about finding a job or about retaining a job, and use your emails to answer that question for them. I'm super fascinated at email subject line and just having the right emails. And and I think the reason I am is because I personally hate email and I'm always thinking through and I'm sending them for my clients. Like what would captivate my attention here? Why would I open this email or what content would be in this email to get my attention? It's just, it's so noisy that Mackenzie's spot on. You have to provide value. If you're using email marketing as a throwaway marketing tactic, your candidates, your clients even are going to tune out. They're going to unsubscribe. You need to add that value. You need to make sure that you're segmenting your list appropriately, like she said, and doing everything right. Um, It's an incredible tool, an incredible way to get in front of your database if you really think through it and you use it strategically. Matt, before we wrap up here, anything you want to add on the candidate recruitment side of email marketing? Mackenzie's done a great job. I think the tips are are awesome that she shared. Personalize your emails if you can and send relevant content. It's simple, but if you have talent network, job agent mailings, and someone only signed up to get office professional jobs, don't send them manufacturing emails. It, it's a great way to, to erode that trust they have built up with you and just make you look like you don't know what you're doing. It's a, it's a simple change, but it's, it's one that can't be overlooked. So anything you can do to, to personalize that automation and make sure it's the right content for the, the person receiving the email will really help you. Mackenzie, if anybody listening now has a question that they want to elevate to you, how can they get a hold of you? You can email me here at work at mfroze, that's F-R-O-E-S-E at haleymarketing.com or find me on LinkedIn at Mackenzie Froze. Mackenzie, thanks so much for coming on Insights and sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, it's Brad checking in real quick before segment two. Why can't we get our people to share our content? We hear this a lot from staffing firms. NetSocial was created to get all your people in the game. Salespeople, recruiters, managers. You select the content you want people to share. NetSocial automates the sharing to get your jobs, blogs, and videos in front of more job seekers and staffing decision makers. By getting your team to share your company content, you'll get dramatically more reach, more engagement, And most importantly, more results from your social media marketing. For a free demo, contact us at 888-696-2900 or visit netsocialapp.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Should you start sharing the names of the clients you're working with? Matt, we see it time after time throughout the staffing and recruiting industry Our clients are nervous to say who they're partnering with. They don't want their local competition. They don't want the national competition to know who they're working with. But Matt, when it comes to recruitment marketing, should staffing and recruiting firms start to say who they're working with? My answer is if it helps, you might as well try. 
because if it's a good place to work, could help you. If it's a bad place to work, hmm. we don't want to, we don't want to hinder our chances of getting applications. And I know the thought process behind not sharing that information might be your own staffing agency's decision might be the client's decision. But if it's, if it's a really unique and helpful opportunity for a candidate that could be the deciding factor, even just to getting them to apply and you have permission, why the heck not? I've heard from staffing firms, from recruiters across the country and in just traveling and in speaking with different individuals that we don't want our competitors to know who we're working with. And my rebuttal to that, and, and maybe it's a little naive as always, well, don't you think your competitors are already calling on these businesses? If they're also in light industrial staffing, don't you think they're also calling? And the answer is probably, but we still don't want them to know that we're working with them. My take is if you're struggling to find top candidates and you're working with one of the premier employers in your local market, you should show that off and you should be proud of that because it's going to attract other great talent. If they're wanting to go work at Kellogg's in Buffalo, Matt, saying that you partner with Kellogg's is a great opportunity. Thinking through that is a great opportunity. You know, we want to showcase our top talent. We want to showcase our top jobs. And if we can put a logo on our website to say, these are some of the clients we've worked with, Matt, it's not only going to attract top talent, but it's going to attract other potential clients who are now saying, oh, they work with them. Maybe they can help me. I think you're spot on. And it can, if it can help with the logo, absolutely. I think the one part that I admittedly am not an expert in, but would worry me is not my competitors knowing who I'm staffing with. Like you said, Brad people should know, like we know who the companies are. You right. don't have the contact information for your contact at that company in the, in the job description. But the only thing that would be hesitant to me is if Matt was looking for a job and came across that Brad staffing agency is hiring for Kellogg's, would Matt go directly to Kellogg's to apply? That's maybe a tricky situation that I'm not well-versed enough in staffing and recruiting to know, but it's it's definitely a pain point for companies who say they submitted applicants, but then the client comes back and will say, no, they applied with us. We're not paying you for your work. So something to think about. I would think yeah. it's it's where you're the client side of your company, that business development needs to have a very strong relationship with your clients and being very transparent because they're outsourcing to you for a reason, but they also want to save money if they have to. So that'd be the only reason I wouldn't post it, I would think about it. But I think having a really strong relationship with my clients should help avoid those sticky situations. It's a, it's a gray area. And you know we're talking in marketing theory, but I'd love to have this conversation if anybody listening is using logos or they're not using logos and they're passionate about it. We'd love to bring you on an episode of Insights to talk about your experience. I think that would be great. Maybe have two people on that share both, you know, differing opinions. That'd be an incredible conversation. But even thinking through testimonials, when you have a logo or a name to pair to a testimonial, it adds so much more value. So do what you can and think through that and think through maybe your top client in the area. Think through how you can partner with them a little stronger and showcase that, showcase that branding, showcase who they are. 
and showcase them across social media, across your website, because as you're looking at bringing in top candidates, top clients, other prospects, other clients, other referrals, if you can showcase who you are, who you're working with, the types of individuals you're working with, both on the client and candidate side, I'm just going to attract more top talent and more top individuals and more top clients. All right, Matt, the million dollar question, segment three here. Are people applying to jobs yet? If I squint hard enough, Brad, maybe. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke my, my buddies from school and I would say, and we were looking at COVID data curves for the last however long that, oh, it's starting to trend down if we're squinting you know, hard enough. But I could sit here and tell you a little bit, yes, but generally overall, it's, it's still pretty tough. I kind of love this recurring segment. We started this a couple shows ago and you have such a good pulse on what's happening. You're looking at data from throughout the industry every single day. You're able to tell our team who is and isn't getting applications, what industry is going really well, what industry is struggling right now. So I love having the opportunity to talk to you on insights about this rebound, our candidates coming back. And, and to Matt's point, Kind of. So what can we do about that? Well, we need to think through passively and actively recruiting different types of candidates using different forms. We've talked on insights about a hundred different ways to drive candidate traffic. McKenzie just shared a ton of valuable insights into how to use email marketing. Matt, let me ask you this, man. And, and maybe this is just a gut feeling. When is the shift going to happen? When are we going to start seeing more applications? We don't know. Um, I think what's going to be really interesting to look at is a lot of these states, Republican states, if you're into that, are going to be ending the $300 unemployment bonus June, July. So we'll see if that affects anything. We'll see that in the numbers pretty quickly. Um, so that's one data point to look at. Job growth is still there. I was literally looking at the new Indeed numbers that came out today and Production manufacturing jobs are up 74.7% since February 2020. The last update we had was 70%. So growth is there, a little slow, but still there. And I think another data point to look at in the short term is the child tax credit that's coming out, where companies will be, or excuse me, people will be getting more income from or more, you know, resources from the government for, you know, if you have children. Um, I'm sure that'll play into people's decisions to go back to work. So when is it coming? I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a a trickle, a different effect in different parts of the country, probably based on the government assistance you get. The, the main areas that I'm seeing somewhat normal performance feels like office clerical, a client in Northeast Ohio that is more warehouse manufacturing than office. A dead entry clerk job over the weekend had a lot of applications, 20, 30, 40, which... Interesting. It's a lot. And their warehouse jobs are still grinding and struggling. So I don't think the office jobs have grown that much. So the amount of jobs, so the disparity between supply of jobs and supply of job seekers is much smaller than the disparity between supply of warehouse jobs and job seekers. That gap is enormous to use a Brad Biley inflection there. But I don't know when it's going to come. When the money people need to go back to work when there's just not as much money in their bank accounts, when the three areas, right? Government assistance, when we feel safe going back to work and childcare. If people are, you know, kids go back to school five days a week, the female population can probably go back because that was the segment that was hit the hardest 
they stay home more to take care of children. Sure. It's still a fairly traditional breakdown there. Matt, I appreciate the insights. I don't have much to add here. I, I did share an article with our team and I'll put it in the show notes here from USA Today that just said permanent jobs were on the rise as of lately. I think it was a cool resource. It was just something a little bit different that caught my eye. Um, and it basically said that more gig workers or temporary workers were taking on more permanent jobs as employers started to sweeten the pay and benefits among labor shortages. It was an interesting read. Um, I thought it had some good insights from both the industry and outside of the industry. I'll put that in the show notes. Again, it goes back to USA Today. But Matt, we're going to continue the segment because I think you have an incredible pulse on what's happening throughout the labor market. And I want to make sure that you're bringing your insights to the show just as much as we all are on different topics. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.